Welcome to the Life After Life podcast, where we explore our soul's physical and non-physical journey. I'm Majana. Let's discuss angels, guides, and loved ones from the other side. Hello, and welcome back. If you're listening to this in real time, well, then Happy New Year. If you're catching us later, then Happy (laughs) Mid-Year, wherever it happens to fall. This topic was sent in by Joel, and I love it. It's especially timely right now as we're looking at New Year's intentions and celebrations and so forth. Although it can also go for new moons, right? Releasing and bringing in, setting intentions, and just life in general. So we're talking about destiny versus free will. Ooh, lifelong question right there, right? Here's my opinion on this. And then we're going to, I'm going to share with you why. Okay, I'm going to state my thesis and then support it. (laughs) Okay, academia pops up every once in a while. So this is what I believe the process to be. When we're disincarnate, but planning to come back into this earth density to have more learning opportunities and experience opportunities, we first meet with our whole soul team. That would be those that are serving as our spirit guides right now. It would be the disincarnate souls of who you're sharing your life with right now. It could be you know, family members. It could be very close friends. And I also feel like there's a council, sort of a council of elders that just support us in this. So in that state, we as individual souls say, okay, I want to go to earth and have experiences that will teach me. I'm going to use compassion as an opportunity, as a growth experience. We decide what we're going to experience. So that would be the destiny piece. Those are the experiences that we came here to do, period. It's like a signed, sealed, and delivered contract. But then once we're down on the down over, it's all relative. Once we're on earth, we have many opportunities and ways to experience compassion and to learn compassion. We get to choose. That's the free will. We can choose. Here's an example. Like, let's say compassion is what we're going to learn. And you're going through your life, not really learning it. I believe we get many opportunities. We don't have to learn the hard way. Unfortunately, We often choose to learn the hard way. But let's say you have through your life opportunity after opportunity to learn and practice compassion. But you kind of don't do that. It's hit and miss. You really don't get it. All right, as you get older, those lessons become a little stronger. You know, that cosmic two by four. Now you find yourself homeless. You're under a bridge. You're very, very hungry. You haven't bathed in who knows how long. And you're quite cold. Yes, there are shelters available, and you don't want to be there all the time, and it would sure really be great if somebody helped you out. So there you are, hanging out on a street corner, maybe asking people for money, for food, holding a sign. Somebody sees you there and comes up realizing you haven't had a hot meal. Obviously, it's cold out. You look cold. And this person gives you food, warm nourishing food, and maybe a hat and gloves or a blanket at a time when you desperately need those things. And you are so, so appreciative. You look at the person and see compassion in that person's face and in their eyes as they're giving it to you. 
not pity, which would be different, but they're saying compassion. And you can learn compassion that way. I would say that's the hard way, right? Or you can be the person that's giving the hot food and the the warm items to somebody who really needs it. Because for some reason, maybe in your life, you're supposed to learn compassion. You've gotten bits and pieces of it. But for some reason, it really clicked at that moment. When you saw that person there really needing it, you were filled with compassion and you went and bought a hot meal for this person and the other things, the blanket or whatever, and took it to them. Because you all of a sudden got the compassion piece of it. You felt it and you felt motivated and driven to express it. So I think a lot of the lessons that we're supposed to learn aren't simply oh yeah, okay, I got it, thanks, and then go about your business. It's actually expressing. It's embodying those lessons. That's who you become. And ultimately, what is it all about becoming and expressing? Well, love, of course, right? And all of these other things are just a way of expressing love, compassion, empathy, forgiveness, kind-hearted, laughter, joy, all feelings, all emotions, all everything pulls back to love when you're taking the high end. And what's the opposite of love? Fear. I know most people want to say hatred, of course. It's actually fear. You can fear what you don't know. You can fear what you don't understand. And if somebody has hurt you in any way severely and you feel hatred towards them, underneath there's fear. Fear for not understanding why or how they could do that. So fear is actually the opposite of love. So if we're setting intentions, whether you are just a goal setter, which is fabulous, and periodically you revisit those, oftentimes New Year's is a trigger. That makes us think about it. Oh, I should set New Year's intentions or New Year's resolutions. Some people do that with the moon cycles. Set intention on the new moon and release on the full moon. However you choose to do it, we know successful people in business talk about how important goal setting is, right? Well, what about not in business? I think there's a difference between intentions, resolutions, and goals. For me, intention is by far the most powerful because resolutions, I think, especially in the United States culture, goes with New Year's Eve and I'm setting these resolutions and then by two months, you know, forget it, they're gone. And goals tend to have more ways of tracking achievement. So you might set goals for business. You might set a goal for weight loss because you can measure it or days at the gym, something like that. But an intention, when you set an intention, revisit where you've been. And for us, our guiding piece is not so much activity or behaviors. It's how do we show up? Because that is going to point you towards activities or behaviors, right? Am I being who I want to be? Am I showing others and myself who I am and who I want to be? Because there's always room for growth. If not, in what areas can I make improvement? And you set an intention to monitor, to catch yourself, and maybe even have an accountability partner that can point some of those things out to you because in the moment you might not recognize it. You might not ever see it because it's habit. Setting those intentions would be, in my opinion, fewer is better because you can't do a complete overhaul, right? It takes 
what do they say? It takes 30 days to break a habit. And I think, yeah, 30 days, if you are really focused on it and catch yourself and make a correction in real time, oh man, I just lost my temper and said something I didn't want to say. And so now I'm going to fix it. Well, that may or may not work. And if you do that every day for 30 days, I don't know if it breaks your habit, but I think it brings an awareness. And then you have to reprogram. What are you going to do instead of that? And I believe that activity, that reprogramming takes more than 30 days. So if you have way too many things that you're trying to fix all at once, you can't do that. It takes too much focused attention. Because often you're dealing with subconscious issues in that as well. We are already programmed by a pretty young age, and there's a really, really good chance that those knee-jerk reactions are a result of that early programming. Now, people that are on top of it and are determined to not be as their parents were or whoever raised them, who have been on a path of improvement, self-growth for a long time, certainly have already had an opportunity to make some of those adjustments, but we all have them. We all have the subconscious stuff. That's kind of what we're here for. It's all so very complicated. So some of those subconscious issues, programming, that take you on the path, you're saying, ooh, I don't handle that in the best possible way. I want to grow through it. There's a really good chance that that's part of your life plan. That's one of those things that you put up there as a soul on your checklist saying, these are the things I want to learn, grow through, and accomplish. So your soul team gave you an opportunity to program your subconscious in a way that would later give you an opportunity to grow through that and learn a new way, to learn the compassion or to learn other lessons and realize what I'm doing isn't working. Ooh, growth opportunity. So here's the cool thing about all these growth opportunities. There are an infinite number of ways to achieve them. Just with a simple compassion, you can be homeless or you can be helping the homeless. There are many, many other ways to negotiate that situation than those two items that I depicted. And this is where free will comes in. You get to choose how you're going to do this. Like I said, I think the opportunity comes up numerous times throughout your life and each one gets a little more costly, a little harder lesson, a little bigger growth opportunity until you finally get it, embody it, and live it. All right, so why do I feel so confident and strong in this process that I've just talked to you about? That we set our soul contracts that tell what our growth experiences will be. We set contracts with our soul pod that we're going to help each other experience those and grow through them. And so obviously, my experience with talking with my guides, just access with the other side, I've asked to be shown things that has, that's just kind of very cool, like, what does it mean between lives? There are some times when I'm talking with somebody that's died, but they're afraid to cross over for whatever reason. Either they don't know they're dead or they are afraid, and often they have a Catholic background, so they think they're in purgatory, and they're afraid of judgment. And then a lot of these people that we talk through it and they cross over are kind enough to answer questions for me and show me their experiences. And sometimes it's very visual. Sometimes I feel it or hear it. And then also glimpses into what is this soul contract like? What's this process all like? So I'm very excited and feel very blessed to have access to that information, which all brings me to this podcast. And when I'm saying this is Majanaisms, it's all based on that information and the way I've put it together. 
what other tools do we have? This is the thing. I don't believe the universe puts us here or we choose to come here to this earth completely unequipped. We choose our lessons and then we choose some ways that we're going to handle those. Maybe there are going to be some pivotal moments. I've learned this from not my personal experience. This is from talking to a few people that have had near-death experiences. And I just have to say that that term near-death experience, I think, needs to be redone. These people didn't nearly die. Hello, they died. (laughs) They were clinically dead. And then they came back. One of them said that she was told specifically that she had wandered so far off of her path that they had, it's like this was like restarting the battery, right? That she was so far off. They had been giving her nudges. Her guides had been helping her, but she was on a very self-destructive path. She had been involved in drugs and alcohol and became an addict, and it just kind of all escalated and then downward spiraled, right? And she ended up driving under the influence and died in Iraq. Was told this very, very vividly that this was a reset, but she was not done. She did not have the choice. She was coming back here because she had lessons to learn. She was just so far off her path, they couldn't get her back on the path any other way. All right, so then somebody else that I know has actually died three times. I mean, I was like, seriously, oh my gosh. And what she was told is she has things to do in this lifetime. She's an amazing healer and really just wasn't embracing them. She was caught up in the day-to-day aspects of life, had a pull and was inclined towards the healing pieces, but never really wanted to go there. And it was very much hers to do. This was part of her life contract, her soul contract. So three separate times, they, as in soul team, pulled her up into the ethers and had a really good conversation. And it's like, you're not studying this down there. So here you go. You're going to study it here and then you're going to go back down there. Time is an interesting thing. So they could do it fast. All right. So that contributes to part of what I'm saying with free will versus destiny. She was destined. We are, we are destined because we chose out of body to have certain experiences and learn certain things. Then the free will is when we are on the earth plane, How do we choose to learn them? I do believe that in our out-of-body wisdom and with our counsel, we set up structure to support us. We, there are tools put here on the earth that we don't remember because of the veil, but we can come across them. Just the fact that you're listening to this podcast and most likely other similar podcasts shows that you're on this path and you're finding these tools. And then I think that there are also major positions or opportunities in your life. Let's say you get to a fork in the road and you haven't learned this lesson by this time. Then there may be a catastrophic or just a really big life experience that's going to kind of make you jump track and get back on the right path, such as you find yourself homeless under the bridge. And if that doesn't work, you're not learning it that way. You're angry. You're resentful. Somebody is trying to teach you compassion by giving you food and and things to warm you up. And you look at them and you yell at them and throw the food at them. And I don't want this and I don't need that. You're not learning it. And so then eventually maybe that's when you have a near-death experience. And it's like, okay, time to reset. Hard reset. Many, many options. And remember that, you know, we're just talking about linear options here. And the universe is certainly not linear. 
And every possible thing that you can possibly think of right now, I believe, is a probability and is is happening in a parallel universe. And your soul is experiencing all of these possibilities right now in other dimensions and other universes. All right, getting deep there. So what else, what other tools do we have? I just, I'm amazed by this and truly wish I would have come across some of these when I was much younger, like when my kids were little. What about astrology? If you listen to Thomas, you know, that's his thing. And he's brilliant with astrology. He's very intuitive with astrology. Now, this is really interesting because Thomas is constantly studying Therefore, I'm constantly being exposed to new aspects of astrology. And I got to say, this is not just looking at your birthday and what time you were born. This is some deep, crazy stuff. There are times we're looking at that going, this is a really good case for destiny. It shows you energy. It shows you maybe your personality and your strengths and weaknesses, where those could be. And it shows where opportunities are. Let's say that you just always loved music. You were very good at music. You played piano. You played other instruments. And that was your passion. Your parents were very practical and conservative. And they're saying, you can't make a living doing that. The arts won't provide a living. So you have to go to college and get a degree. Okay, you get through life and you're an attorney. And you might be good at it, but it's not feeding your soul. It's not what you really want to do. You still really love music, but you did it because you felt coerced by your parents and maybe even by society. You didn't honor who you truly are and and then go back and start playing the music. Find out, you know what? I can make a living. It feeds your soul and feeds the world at the same time. We need every profession, right? Numerology, I think, is another tool that we can use. There are many different forms, and I think that something shifted with the new millennium and there they kind of had to come up with a new structure i'm not positive about that i read that someplace so i don't know how valid it is we have a friend who is a kundalini yogi and he does kundalini numerology or yogic numerology that's really quite amazing when you look at these different tools they do blend together What Thomas sees in the astrology chart is exactly what the numerology shows. It just gives you a better picture. So is there destiny or is there free will? Yes, there are both. And it's, again, the free will is ours to discern. And discernment is a big piece. I think everybody is supposed to work on discernment. You know, there's sayings like God helps those who help themselves and so forth. So I started this out saying this was a topic Joel brought up and he sent me a like a screenshot of a text from someone who said, basically said, oh, I'm not setting any goals or resolutions for 2020. I just want God's will to lead me. Well, you will learn things whether you set out the intentions to do it or not. Look at people that truly just go through life saying it's God's will and I'm only living God's will. They're going to learn their lessons because truly God is the universe. It's all the love, all the knowledge and then kind of broken down into sub-pieces. So yeah, they're going to learn it. How fast do you want to learn it? I think it's also very largely about accountability. It's really easy to say, dang, I lost my job, and I'm really struggling for money right now, and my relationship is terrible, but I can't help it. I'm a victim because it's God's will. Well, I would have to call that one. 
because God's will is for you to help yourself, right? You're not a victim. And kudos to all of you listening to these podcasts because you are taking control of your life. And I think we've been given these tools that we find and you have now found them. And there may be others. There very well could be others that I just am not thinking of right now or that I don't even know about. I mean, I'm still on my soul journey and I'm gathering information and constantly learning as well and just hoping to share my knowledge and experiences with you to be a tool for you. So I wish you the absolute best in setting your intentions and creating the life that you want to live because if you want it and it's resonating with you, then it is yours to do. There is no personal greater good. So if, you, if it serves you for your highest and best good, it serves society. And we need to be raising consciousness. We need to be participating in that. And it's all about love. I'm feeling like I should have some song from the 60s about love right now. Wishing you all much love, much success, and I will see you soon. Until then, namaste.